0: Good evening and welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Joining me tonight is Royce. Uh, Sorry if my voice is a little bit uh, off dealing with some allergy issues, uh, but uh, Royce, uh, how are you feeling this evening?
1: Weather's changing, right? And it kind of sucks. It's something. (laughs) Yeah. um, Doing all right. Um, Wow. Apparently my, uh, this needs to change. (laughs) Um, it's uh, doing okay. I mean, four point week is pretty good. U.S. men's national team, not so much. Um,
0: we'll get to that. Mixed results, uh,
1: yeah, just kind of an up and down thing. Cardinals kind of got eliminated in the playoffs and the one game crap. I have
0: year. no comment on the Cardinals, we will not comment uh, on the Cardinals.
1: That kind of stunk, but
0: uh, but how are the Astros doing? I, I believe they're uh still swinging strong post.
1: According to to the uh, White Sox, yeah, those trash cans are getting beaten up loud and clear.
0: Yeah, something tells me that um, the White Sox just getting beat
1: up. Well, so I'll I'll get this out of the way. This is my feeling on the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, Number one, the Astros completely lost all credibility with 2017. I need to fix that. Um, That's the first. First and foremost, the Astros did it themselves. They shot themselves in the foot. They crapped on their own credibility. They don't have credibility anymore. That's it. Uh, number two, the Astros scored six runs in the first game, nine runs in the second game, six runs in the third game. They lost one of those games. Um, yeah, it's not Not saying they're not cheating. Um, like I said, they lost credibility. But um, yeah, for you to say that, oh, yeah, uh, they didn't do it in this game where they scored six runs again. Yeah, no, you just actually – Your bats woke up for one game. So we'll see what the Chai Sox do. So
0: I'll just say this if cheating has been in baseball for decades, oh, yeah, as as long as it's been starting.
1: And give me a second, this is gonna be totally unprofessional.
0: (laughs) Even your uh, beloved St. Louis Cardinals had a uh, issue. Uh, The Dodgers have had issues. The Yankees have had had issues. The Red Sox have had issues. Uh, The entire sport had issues with PEDs earlier. (laughs) So uh, where do you draw the line here? But uh, we'll we'll start out.
1: Good Lord, that's still not enough. No, just with the Cardinals thing. It was one guy. And basically what happened was he had heard uh, so Jeff Lunow, who was the GM of the Cardinals once upon a time, had moved to the Astros. He's gotten hired by the Astros. And Chris Correa, who did time in federal prison, um, heard through the grapevine that Lunow had somehow hacked into the Cardinal system and stolen basically all of their, um, their metrics as far as scouting, uh, how they scout, who they've scouted, and, and other such information. So, Correa apparently uh, took it into his own head instead of going to the authorities, like he should have, that's what he should have done. But instead of that, he decided to do investigation on his own, went to the Astros um, scouting. This is all by the way, in court documents you can mm-hmm. find it. It's all public information. Um,
0: I'm just saying it's cheap. No, no, no. And
1: and, and what he <laughs> did was he decided to check out the Astros scouting network to see if there were any similarities between his and the Astros. The uh, password was Stein, uh 123 or something like that which Extein was a cardinals player at the time and uh, that's when he was like okay this is weird and then he figured out supposedly what he told the feds was it was it was the same thing they had stolen cardinals proprietary information but he couldn't prove it and the, the, the feds couldn't get a warrant on it so they didn't want to do that and they just brushed it under the rug and said Correa you hacked like no that what he did was illegal and he did time for it was it the whole team no but the uh, from what um from what the feds had concluded from what he had concluded something was stolen but because the cops couldn't the feds didn't want to get a warrant on it that nothing was proven and everything was just okay you know you get your four years and We're just going to brush it all under the rug. So that was the beginning of that. And now, Jeff, you know, now we go to today and Lunau kind of got a slap on the wrist for the whole trash can scandal and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, that guy doesn't really have a good track record when it comes to honesty. (laughs) So uh, that's your guy, Astros. That was our guy. Uh, I'll admit that, but not anymore.
0: Yeah. So So, anyway, move it on to UTSA. Uh, I'll probably start the show uh, with UTSA and probably in the show with UTSA, but, uh, fair, uh, speaking of the ladies, uh, UTSA women are off, I think probably to their best start. They're at seven, four, one, two, and two in conference USA. Um, they started out rough, uh, losing their first two conference games, um, at home to old dominion, uh, two to nothing, um, and then traveled to El Paso and lost, uh, one nothing. Uh, came back and beat North Texas and then this past uh, weekend uh traveled to Huntington, West Virginia and uh, defeated Marshall 3-0. Uh, if you have the opportunity, the airplane at home uh, this Thursday against Louisiana Tech, um, which should be a, a pretty interesting match looking at the standings. UTSA is uh, currently third or fourth right now. Um Louisiana Tech's uh towards uh you know the fifth out of six out of their out of their division um you know they're at one three and one in conference uh north uh or pardon me yeah, utsa is two and two uh so an opportunity to move up but then uh, on the weekend they do play play rice which uh, is leading the west uh for that here so um if they could upset that you know they could be moving up uh the playoff you know, uh, possibly into the playoffs or conference uh um championship games for there here so uh, coach Pittman's got them headed in the right direction uh, for that here so moving on to UTSA um interesting week
1: you mean SAFC
0: or probably uh, SAFC pardon
1: me. yeah I was gonna say we just went over UTSA <laughs> uh yeah interesting week uh Dare I say two very similar results, but at the same time, very different results. Um, and by similar results, I mean the offense is plugging and chugging, isn't it? Uh,
0: for three out of the four halves, yes. Uh, well, yeah, questions have to be asked about that, that uh, second half in El Paso, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh,
1: I mean, at the same rate, they still scored one in the second half in El Paso. And if you combine all four halves... That's seven goals in the last two getting two matches. That's that's quite a. I mean, seven goals in 180 minutes. That's a pretty darn good return. Um, you don't you don't get that uh, kind of clip too often. I mean, a goal every 25 minutes, just about. That's uh, that's crazy. Uh, over a span of two games. So we'll see if they can keep it up. And keep so, that offense hot through the playoffs. But
0: if you want to let, yeah. stop at the highlights and kind of discuss it, let me know. Uh, but this is courtesy of uh, YouTube and USL Championship. Uh, the highlights that they uh, put out here. We're going to start out with the El Paso match here.
1: Yeah, and I mean in the first half, and what you're going to see basically here is is the the high press and the the high pressure that SAFC normally puts on with the midfield and everything. This is it working to perfection. It, it is the high press just pressuring El Paso off the ball. Should and, almost scored right oh there. Oh, my goodness. Yep.
0: And then what so, a play by uh, the defender by El Paso, or else that would have been in as well.
1: Yep. And, and, we, uh, and to be honest, we started the Memphis game brightly as well. Same, yep. Um, we'll see if they can keep it up for 90 minutes. Hopefully, come playoff time, we can keep – keep up this kind of pressure for 90 minutes. Um
0: yeah.
1: And this was definitely a game of goalkeeper mistakes. Yes. Um this was Matt Cardone's I'd say it probably is his worst game in an SAFC jersey and it's just a bad time for it but you'd rather have it now than the playoffs for sure. Um, I will
0: I will say for El Paso this wasn't Logan Ketterer. Um this was right. their, this was their backup goalie that was playing. Yep. Um, and I know, seriously, Loco kind of raised some questions on why, you know, because this was a night that they could, well, they did, clinch Copa Teos, but you know, why rest Logan on on a night like tonight? But and that was the goal in the second half, off of a off of a corner, which this SAFC doesn't give up a lot of.
1: Oh. Yeah, I don't know, Maloney and Cardone just kind of swung and missed, and Ford. This is a lesson that we all learned in the Mighty Ducks is you don't put the puck or you don't put the ball right back in the middle of the field. You clear it out to the side, and Ford put it right there almost on the penalty spot for a pretty, pretty simple finish. And then this is kind of what has plagued San Antonio. Well, no, that, that was such a good shot. Yeah, that was no, a good shot, yes. But the, but the next goal that's coming yes. up is something that's plagued San Antonio, and that's when you have your wing backs up then, you're, then the outside center backs have to go there's wide, no or they have to come up. And in this case, Courtney Ford comes up completely, and there's no one he's there's no one he's marking at all. And that's why he's pointing. Tip, typically, um, when you see someone pointing after a goal, it's because that was that was their assignment and they blew it. But they're trying to blame somebody else. Ford came up um, thinking Axel was going to cover him, but Axel was covering somebody that was in the middle, and that was a beautiful goal. And Ford came up and occupied, uh, he got out of his space that he was occupying, which he would have easily handled Luna there, but he came up and he marked nobody. I, I'm not sure what he saw, but he came up to try to fill in some space, but you already had Maloney there in that space. So he was next to Maloney and Luna sees that ball deflects and it deflects right in the space that Ford uh, had, um, had left and Axel had to try to get over and Axel is not the most fleet of foot and... Mm-hmm that's kind of how that third goal happened but we've seen that a lot we've seen that against um, um
0: well we saw it just Red this week it, yep. we, we'll, we'll get to it in the next game but yeah and it's we different s- roles this time with uh with uh, jasser and ford yeah and in the highlights you can see jasser pointing in, and i know after the goal you know after you know this is getting ahead after the after uh memphis scored their goal ford and jasser kind of went back you know hey you know, what yeah. happened? You needed to be here and, and yep. he, you know, he was pointing, you know, somebody else should have rolled, you know, should have cycled over. So and it
1: and it's kind of uh the double edged sword of having Deplane so far up. De Plain played most of the half in the the opposite half. He was not defending at all. He was just up. But that resulted in two or three goals, him being up um and the pressure that he provided. Um, but it definitely gave away that goal and Ford and Jaster just didn't communicate and that was pretty pretty obvious um nobody marked um uh, kyle uh, murphy at all nobody so and that that was the problem there
0: yep well we'll, well we'll get to that but on this one here so how much how much skill does it take for tanner to get this ball to forward in, in, oh to, to put the-
1: to put it on his head that is a world-class pass that is a world-class service and and Ford to come in and have a diving header with that kind of power on it. That's you. I mean, you'll see that goal. If that would have been in a world cup final, that's a highlight in the world cup final. Um, That's just by final I mean the whole tournament in a world cup. Uh If you remember Robin van Percy's incredible header in the 2014, that still played over and over and over again. This is similar. That's just, that's a hell of a play in any league. Um, So and it kind of looks like it was drawn up
0: (laughs) listening to seriously loco they took issue because they thought el paso could have defended this play a little bit better
1: it's so Uh, no uh so so the only way that you defend it and if you look i'm glad you have a pause because i want to show you what what marking does and what having certain runs does so courtney ford started his run from way outside to get to this header I think this ball was initially intended for Axel. I don't think it was a set play to go to Ford, even though if it was, that would be incredible. Axel is right in the middle. He's your tallest guy. He's much taller than everybody there. El Paso even has their number nine defending who's also mm-hmm. tall. Um, that ball, I think is supposed to go to Axel. It goes over Axel's head. Well, as soon as the ball as soon as that pass is made, uh, Ford gets on his horse and he's trying to go over there to look for a rebound. It stays in the air. And I think that's why, um, I mean, that's obviously why the goal happens, but, the the left back there for El Paso, um, uh, that's why I don't think he's marking, uh, Ford that well is he, he, is not expecting that at all. Not all right, at all. That, see, back, yeah. yeah. That ball is supposed to go to Axel. It goes over Axel, but Ford is there because they know where the ball is going to be. It's going to be in a general area. And it just happens to be there. And that's a hell of an individual play by, by Ford. Uh, it's a and great... I think it
0: got the goalie off. off.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. It was out. And, I mean, it was wide. And like I said, this is the game of goalie mistakes. And each goalie made three huge mistakes and it ended up being
0: 3-3. So, and like I said here, that video is courtesy of um, YouTube and courtesy of uslchampionship.com uh, for that here. So, to me, my biggest takeaway from this match was: did we, did we? I don't want to say park the bus because I don't think we parked the bus, but we stopped the press. And and even you know, Coach Marcina, you know, after game, you know, said, "Hey, we stopped pressing." And my thoughts is, well, why did we stop pressing? Because um, the game changed when, when 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 we when you know when we stop pressing, you know, to me El Paso's not a team that you can set back and just absorb their pressure. You know, because they've got they've got a lot of talent. We know some of their talent. You know, Luis Solinez, a world class player. We know that Diego Luna, he's their um, Jose oh, yeah, Gallegos yeah. on the same level. They're uh, you know you know they're both great players. They're both going to be going going places well beyond this league most likely to me you you know and and i love our defense i think our defense is great but in el paso you you had them down if if you could have gone another 10-15 minutes of, of that press and then backed it off i don't think i don't i don't think the game ends the way it does um now you there wasn't you know we said here Jasser got subbed off you know at half and reports have kind of leaked out that um you know you know that might you know might you know might have been a little bit of an injury just to you know kind of you know rest him up protect him a little bit more and Axel came in and Axel solid I know you and I guy got back got into it a little bit on hey you know would Jasser have made a difference you know over 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 Axel on there and I think kind of going back and watching it probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, your thoughts on the tactics of the second half, cause they're right in the first half. You, there's no argument. Right. You're right in the first half.
1: Right. But. Um, my assessment of the, of, of the match was it's an outlier. I mean, obviously a six goal match between these two teams is going to be an outlier, no matter what. Um, the goalkeepers just made mistakes that they normally don't make. Um, which is huge. That that was a huge factor in this match. Um, another another thing. This was a midweek game, Just so um, both uh, both teams weren't exactly um, the freshest, um, and that's why I think SAFC going in and playing that first half as well as they did, mm-hmm. and the second half didn't, was very indicative of. They've just played, not not even a month ago. They just played, well, what, two weeks before this? Mm-hmm. Seven games in 21 days. They're they're pretty tired. They need to rest. And I think this should have been a, a wake-up call for Marcina to rest some players, um, mainly the midfield and the defense, which you're seeing now. Um, unfortunately, PC, um, he was out, looks like possibly with an injury, um, but Cam didn't play most of the match against Memphis. Abu was out there. But I think it re- uh, the biggest difference was the midfield. We lost the midfield against El Paso, and they were just in our breadbasket um, the entire second half just about. Um, and I think that's exactly what happened there was um, we lost the press. We lost We lost a lot of energy. The Fords lost a lot of energy. Um I was happy to see. Um, like I said, uh, I think it. I think it has a lot to do with uh, Lindley and PC. They need rest. Uh, I would like to see Lima possibly coming in um, to play some midfield, get some minutes. Um, I definitely want to see Hoppy out. Hopefully, he's all right. He was out for personal reasons uh, from mm-hmm. the Memphis match. Uh, so hopefully everything's okay with him. Uh, I'd like to see Ollie get some more minutes in the next uh, couple games. The main thing they're trying to do is clinch. They're trying to clinch yes. playoffs.
0: They're four points away, and we'll get to that here. And Correct.
1: Yeah. The magic numbers is the magic number four or five? Because if it's four, they tie. Five, they're third and they're in. They're in. Is it four? Okay. Yeah. So, so magic four. numbers four. Whenever they hit that magic number, you're going to see some players get rested for sure.
0: Because uh, going into this game was seven. So okay,
1: fair, fair. Um, I thought it was nine against El Paso. They got one, so there was eight. They got three, so I think it's five.
0: Right, but you got the take a look at the other results. The other that. results.
1: That's right. There wasn't a win. Is there that, were that, a couple that ties. Play,
0: that right. plays into that's the true. plays into yeah. those numbers. And
1: That uh, we'll. I mean, you know what? Let's get into the table now. Let's start talk about. Do you want to talk about the table, or do you want to? Go no. To let's, let's let's
0: level? do let's do the next one here. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, next game here, but my final comment on it is, I thought it. I, at the end of the day, I thought it was a fair result because okay. each team could say that they should have won. Each team yeah. can say that they should have lost. Um, and like said here, and that's why I think it was a fair result. I think both teams right. both teams played well. Both teams have issues that I'm sure that, you know both coaches uh you know were discussing it in the locker room and, and you know, before their next games. Um, but uh you know for for El Paso. Um, they're going to clinch the division just because they only need four points, and despite their injuries in the back line, I think they'll still be able to do it. You know, just just with the, with the lineup that they have here. But right, moving they on, play-
1: they clinch playoffs, but yeah, they'll probably clinch first place. Yeah,
0: yeah, they need four points to win the division and lock up the first first seat. Right. Um. So moving on to Memphis. <sighs> And as you mentioned, we start out very similar, uh, you know, as we did against El Paso. Yeah.
1: Coming at them. I wish we would start uh, every half like this, for sure. I
0: was a little worried when the ball got rejected in the first.
1: Yeah, that's not a great start.
0: Sports is a good start for them. Very exciting to see the uh, three up top and Dylan, Max, and uh, Nathan. Yeah, this is Jose's... So and there's Nathan oh, opportunity. Cody Cropper is there to make the first big save of the match. and Nathan is just... He had a hell of a game.
1: Nathan has been... He's been like that for, the, I mean just about the entire season. I will say when one of the things we've discussed early in the season is, and this is what I always told you. I know Rafa was always real apprehensive and you were always real fearful about the offense never clicking. And I told you guys, whenever they get enough reps together, things will start clicking and they will, they will understand where each other are going to be. This was, this was that game. This was that game where they understand where everybody is. Nathan had a no look behind the look pass right to Gallegos, who got yes. a shot that should have been a goal. Like, that's just one of those things that early this season, that's never going to come off because Nathan's not sure where he's going to be. Now Nathan knows exactly where Jose is going to be. He's just going to put the ball there, and Jose's there. That's this is it. And Epps is the exact same way. Dylan has grown into the role where he is very similar. I want you to also notice something huge here. Um, look how far up the is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I mean. Most of this game, he was up high. He was pressing, um, and that's kind of why we got burnt on that left side. But at the same time, we put so much pressure on them. We have our normal three guys up there. Um, Jose's not even there. Jose's in the in the midfield in this in this uh, snapshot. But you have Dylan, you have Nathan, and you have Epps right there. And you have DePlane all the way up. That's only four guys. Look how many defenders there are defending him. That's seven guys. Like, if you put that kind of pressure on any team, it's going to be tough for them to handle. Um, And to even almost score a goal out of that situation, that just shows you how dominant SAFC was in this match. Okay, go ahead.
0: And I'll say this. The reason why I paused it here is... You know where we see it on 114. At, you know in the the north end of the stadium. Oh Lord, yeah. Do this. Sh- the video doesn't do this shot justice. I- I'm telling you, this this was a wicked shot. It had the curve. It lo- if it would have went in, it would have it would have been a goal of the week shot because you you know especially if they would have had it from you know from the uh you know uh, um north side camera yeah. that was looking yeah. direct on it and it you would have just seen the, the 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 curve of the ball and like said here it's. World class move, but you know, by you know, by Epps, you know, to be able to get that that shot off and a little bit unlucky for it not to not to uh not to go in, but that goalie was beat plain as day. Oh, here's what we're talking about. There's,
1: yep, and that basically what happened there. Um, Ford and, and Jasser talked to each other after that. They, they just there's your,
0: there's your finger pointing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there's
1: Jasser. Yep. Hey, that's the space I'm supposed to be in. Go cover. And if you look at um uh Taintor there, he's also pointing, telling him, Hey, you know, I got this guy. Well, the problem with him having that guy, um, is that this there's is the a guy, guy right behind him, scoring. and that's your eventual goal scorer. Um, and that's kind of I mean Jasser's white just way out of position. That's it. They could have handled those three. The three back playing way up
0: here. So yep.
1: And look how far back Dylan is trying yes. to help out defending. But the problem was that nobody nobody took on Murphy. I mean, he is by himself. He has a clear path to the goal. Um
0: but he gets by so here's here's where it's at before. Yeah. So th- this yep. is where this is probably where it should have stopped, right? Is what you're saying, or is the formation the formation's already out of whack? Right? It's
1: it's out of point. that's correct. It's out of whack. Look how far back Taintor is. There there's, there's not Dillon a solid right line. D- no, that's that's Dylan.
0: That's Dylan. That's what I'm saying. Dylan's yeah. that far back. The plans. Yeah,
1: he he's that far back because he's trying to be a false nine and he's trying to cover uh some some holes. What I'm saying is, look how far back Taintor is. He They're is four, way out of right line. Here, so the right offside here. trap is broken by Taintor. The offside trap, so oh, if you right yeah, if you look at Maloney, Maloney, Abu, Ford, and Jasser are all in the offside trap. So right now, if that pass is made, uh, uh, Kyle Murphy is offside. Definitely. but Taintor yeah. holds him on. So that's a problem. The second problem is how far over um, Kamiri is in that instead of running with the player, he tries to stop the ball that doesn't happen and so ford is there he's a little far back and it's really not his job to cover that jasser needs to be where ford is and that's where everything just gets jumbled and there's two big reasons why it gets jumbled two big reasons why it gets jumbled. number one is kamiri's completely out of Completely out of position, he gets caught I mean he's even half, you know, he's half-heartedly jogging back Because he knows something bad's going to happen The second thing is Taintor completely killing the offside track So those are two big miscommunications that they can work on um, But in that case it did it did not work And it was just, it was bad um, And you saw a similar thing happen in that El Paso match for the, uh, for the go-ahead goal for El Paso
0: For Luna, yeah Luna's goal I thought was a little
1: bit uh, It was fortuitous just- just, it was fortuitous for el paso there was once it was just like the new mexico goal um when they won one nothing at toyota field just a a free bounces, bounce that went their way, way. yeah that's it the in in that entire match all the call, most of the calls most of the bounces went new mexico's way and that's why they they won that match um in this game it was pretty much the complete opposite uh everything kind of went our way in this match um except for those two early posts um man, we just kind of had our way with his back line. We just tore them apart.
0: Yeah, and, and I think to Memphis's credit, you know, because at the half they only had two shots, um, one of them on frame, which was which is which was the goal. Um, but yeah, it just to me, you know, despite them scoring early, you felt San Antonio was was gonna get back in the game just because they had been bossing the game outside of that one play and, and in I hate to say it for, and, and I'm, I mean, I think it's how they play because they play that pressure, they play that attacking style, they leak a goal. Um, to me, you know, I was talking with Chris, you know, you know who, who who I sit by, and I was like, well, I guess it's better that they got that one goal out of the way now because <laughs> the rest of the way, you know, they'll be on lockdown, and that's what they ended up being. Yeah. And then here's uh, Jose's goal with a nice assist by DePlane.
1: Yeah. Oh no, that I mean. So this is exactly why plane's way up there and that's kind of why he's in the lineup. Um is to be up there and to give service. Um, Dude,
0: Epps just took these guys to school. Oh no,
1: that was that, that's Epps being Epps. I'm going to start calling it that. I know we had another player um where we used to say it's uh, you know, Billy just being Billy. This is Epps just being Epps, man. Um and that's why he that's why we signed him from from Portland. I I don't know why the Timbers didn't give him a a contract extension, but man, Epps has has been incredible. And the other player that's been incredible that we, I wasn't expecting too much. So in the beginning of the season, I said Epps was probably going to be a left back or a left wing back. Mm -hmm. Um, Not the case. He's actually a Ford. (laughs) Um, I said, Nathan is probably going to be Jose's replacement whenever he goes. That's probably still valid. Um, but Nathan has been, I, I did not expect him to, to be this good. Yes. Uh, he's been fantastic. I mean, he has double digit goals. Now he, he leads the team in goals with ten. Yep. um, man, kids, kids great. I mean, he's 22 Epps is 22 or 23. Like we're still a young team, but a young and exciting team. Um, we'll see. um, um, We'll see what happens with Dylan and with Patino. Patino's supposed to come back um, soon. I saw him. It doesn't look like he's running on the field yet, so he's probably he may be come back maybe the last game of the season, second to last. Um, I saw him running on a, a air assisted treadmill, so that kind of means they're still uh, he's getting his fitness in, but they don't want him to have the full pressure on his uh, on the leg because he did have that. Um, stress fracture uh, but he is he's at least working out he's out of the boot and he's mm-hmm. getting back to play shape so
0: and, and we've seen a couple of pictures on instagram yeah, with exactly with, with him you know training with other members very lightly passing yep. the ball back and forth um but to me the the reason why i posited on here is is that and i don't think anybody's given nathan enough credit for this here no. how many times have we seen people leave early um and you could tell you can you can tell on this upcoming goal him and Dylan, you know, he timed he timed it perfectly. Uh, yep, it was, and he waited and waited and and then and you know, he Dylan beat the offside Dylan trap.
1: Yep, he beat the offside trap, and that finish is just just a howitzer. Like that kid has a- Man, a- and then,
0: and then I know earlier we gave Ollie some grief here, but to me he did it. He did the right thing. No, no, Ollie, run. no,
1: Ollie, Ollie did exactly what he needed to do. Right, he is, kept this, run. No. this was so. What he did was he made uh, the two defender. He basically sucked in two defenders with them. The what there was, and this is guard positive. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to talk this, this. This is such such a trash call. So real quick, um, what all what he did was perfect. If he crosses, uh, he doesn't take a defender with them. They stay with the ball carrier, and he probably goes offside. Him continuing his, his run, he makes 33 think, and he makes the other center back think, hey, and if you look at the defender even behind them, he's pointing, hey, you go out and you cover this guy. He's going to be too late. So he's pointing the defender there the defender furthest in front sees him pointing but he realizes oh he's going to be too late i also need to consider if he passes to to ollie and so he kind of half commits and this is kind of a thing that'll get you in trouble in <laughs> soccer he doesn't really commit to one guy he doesn't really commit to the other uh, it's kind of like the option in football um mm-hmm. you you got to Somebody has to take out the ball carrier, and that's the quarterback. You've got to take out the quarterback. If you don't, that's an easy walk in for the quarterback. You don't always have to go after the running back. Well, in this case, the guy gets caught in between and lets the quarterback score. So, that's well, I also basically what think happens here.
0: Always run here keeps, and especially Keep, it, keeps it keeps the goalie keeps honest. The goalkeeper yeah. honest. Where mm-hmm. he's got to. To me, if if I thought he was going to pass it, because Ollie would have had a clean yep. shot. Uh, and this is. Anybody was expecting him to pull the trigger like he did.
1: Yeah, this is a perfect case of playing without the ball. That is running without the ball, taking up space without the ball. That is a perfect instance, and that is a huge show of maturity from Ollie Wright to understand the situation. And it shows how far his professional developments come. Because I'm not sure if he does that at the beginning of the season. For mm-hmm. him to make that run there and to continue it, he he makes he. 50% makes that goal. I would give him fifty percent of that goal right there. Cause he he sucks away two defenders and a goalie um from Nathan to allow him to have that pullback shot.
0: And that gives so, na- gives Nathan a brace on the night. Another uh, brace. And
1: like SAFC said, double oh seven. Um <laughs> or double double goal seven, because he had he's had four braces this season, which is the most in the history of SAFC for any player, not in a season, but ever. It's crazy
0: all right now we got to talk about the the play that's probably talked about most here uh, here's another highlight here with the run right between the guy's legs because he didn't commit and this
1: I mean everybody points at it it's it's very obvious what happened there the only reason the ball goes straight up in the air was that Jasser kicked it first he kicked the ball all ball first and the ball goes straight up in the air the defense the Memphis forward ran into Jasser as he's kicking it that is not a penalty that is a foul on Memphis for running into somebody playing the ball if the Memphis player would have won the ball then yes that's a penalty Jasser wins the ball there the guy the guy's still six the guy's still 10 feet away from Jasser contact on the ball is made there's not contact on the player yet and now, right after you press play, there's going to be contact. After the ball has been won and cleared, not a penalty, not a foul on Jasser, it's a foul on the Memphis player.
0: And I'm only I'm only raising this because I'm assuming this is what the ref saw here and probably the AR saw was his foot way up high with the high boot. Could that
1: –
0: is matter, that man. justification for a yellow no. card even though he got the ball? Because getting the ball – I know the, the common answer is hey he got the ball and, and that is true but sometimes the yes, the so, risk of the other player does that make sense I'm not I'm not no 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 I'm no, no I get it. It
1: you're 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 trying to come at it from a from an unbiased point of view and I get it and I get that that is true in a lot of situations why it's not true in this situation is because typically a yellow card is given if you win the ball but you go through the player to win the ball jasser wins the ball first and then the memphis player could have stopped instead the memphis player runs into jasser doesn't matter where he runs into him it's like having somebody you know it's it's basically like having somebody slide tackle a ball and then you keep your leg out and if you keep your leg out once you're stopped a guy sliding into your leg and then giving him a yellow card after they slide into your leg like yes your studs are up but it's because the guy ran into you Um, and there should be a foul on the other guy because nowhere near the ball. Is it dangerous play? It's not dangerous play. No, it cleared the ball and he wasn't anywhere near somebody. He didn't kick the ball and then kick somebody. He kicked the ball and somebody ran into him. That's not a yellow card. That's not dangerous play. If they uphold it for that, that's such crap. That's such a bad, that's bad refereeing in the, in the moment and bad refereeing, um,
0: as that, a review, that like that's just by the league that, office,
1: yeah. That's just, yeah. That's just that would be, that would be a shame by the league office if they uphold that. There's no way they they can uphold that. That they've got to take that second yellow away, keep the first yellow, and and rescind the red card. Like, no, it, it no. It, like I said, it it's like slide tackling, and stopping, and then somebody coming after you stop mm-hmm. and kicking themselves with your, with your with your spikes. Yes, your studs are up, but your studs are up after you made the play and you didn't, the guy wasn't there. You didn't kick the ball and then hit the guy. You kicked the ball, you stopped, and then the guy ran into you. Not a foul. Not a foul on you. No. And Matt, um, did I don't know if they upheld it because they have not released a report, period.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's they won't know that till probably yeah. the end, end of They're the not going to
1: announce it until probably the day before.
0: Yeah, we'll, so, we'll we'll probably we'll we may get uh, information on it when um, when Preston releases the uh, early injury report. Correct. Um, if 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 it's if it's gonna if it's gonna go there, um, yep. Memphis does uh, convert to PK because you know you know quote unquote it was a foul Matt, in the box.
1: Matt got a hand on it though. He almost had that he one. He got but two it hands per- on it. It, it was like a perfectly here. placed. It was a perfectly placed penalty though. So. One inch closer to Matt. That's saved, but. But I mean, he that it was just the perfect penalty. But I mean, Cardone did well to get hands on it.
0: Yeah. So, and, and SAFC walks away with a 4 2 win. And, um, you know, for the futures night, uh, you know, it looked, it looked great um, for that here. So, looking at where we're at now, um, looking at the Atlantic, Rowdies have clinched uh, the division despite the loss. They had a 12 game winning streak, but they went up to Pittsburgh and lost 2 0. Um, they had a, a rotated uh, lineup here. Uh, Riverhounds really needed that because they were, if you look, you know, second, third, and fourth is three points. and that's with uh, Miami having uh, Miami and Charlotte having a game in hand. Um, don't sleep on on Charlotte uh, with all the talent that they've got, you know, uh, christian Fuchs and and others. They have a, a a quality club, so don't be surprised if if they possibly move up to number two. Um, in the Atlantic, and, and if they do finish in that fourth seed, uh, Louisville Independence will be must-watch. Um, yep. Hartford Red Bulls, Loudon, um, season's over. Charleston staved off um, el- elimination a- at this point here, but you know, you know, they don't have much room uh, left to, to give. Um, so they're most likely uh, season's over. Out in the Central. Louisville, Birmingham, going one and two. Uh, It'll probably go that way. Tulsa, who we play next. Um, Sorry, I will
1: say on that last screen, uh, Pittsburgh has clinched
0: playoffs. Oh, did I not have it on there? Oh, yeah, that's right, they did.
1: They have clinched. They have
0: clinched, yes. Um, Louisville, Birmingham, uh, one, two. They're trying to figure out who's going to finish first or second. Louisville has the advantage on it two points uh for that here max points uh tulsa and that
1: that the big the difference in that is that cameron lancaster goal that last <laughs> la- literally last second goal against uh City. well they Good had two Lord. of them
0: because they were down they got two late goals uh yeah. to tie it and it's then come back insane
1: and win. insane
0: but uh Tulsa, who will be coming to San Antonio next Saturday.
1: Saturday, yeah. Uh
0: is they've, they've got a rough swing. They're, they're a team that when they're on, they're one of the best, best teams, but when they're off, they just you know they, they give up. And that's why you see a huh. record 12, 12 11 11 losses, 39 43, and and they're struggling down the stretch. Memphis, I thought, you know, despite how they played, I thought they were a quality team. Um, they had some, they had some chances and especially we faced the energy, um, Indy 11, you know, I don't know what happened to them. Um, I I do think that
1: failure to launch, just call the 2021 season Indy 11's (laughs) failure to launch. That's it, man. They just, Uh, I have no answers. I don't get it. They had, I mean, coming into the season, all I heard was, was all the talent, um, that Indy 11 is just going to make a run at this thing that they finally have everything together. And no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's didn't, didn't they get rid of, well, I mean, obviously they lost Lindley to us and they lost, uh, what's the name? They Tyler lost Pascher. a lot of talent. They, right.
0: Yeah. Pasher went to, uh, Houston.
1: Yeah. So they
0: got a player from Memphis and then sold him to, um, uh, LAFC. Okay. So, they 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 lost a lot of talent. They brought in. Uh, they did bring in, in some talent late. Um, Doyle went there. Yep. Uh, they signed a couple of players right at the deadline, but they've got no hope. Uh, Memphis, yeah. you know, as you can see here, their max points is forty-seven. yeah. I, in, I mean, well, no game 40, in, yeah. for, forty for Atlanta United, Indy eleven, and Memphis is at 20, uh, 20, uh, 38 points. So and Tulsa's at thirty-nine. Yeah, you know, so basically their season's done. Yeah, Uh, it'll be interesting um, on Memphis if, and even Tulsa, um, if they can widen that gap between Oklahoma City uh, because they're at thirty six at twenty nine, and Tulsa and Memphis at twenty seven. So they got two games in hand to kind of build some cushion for that here. In the Mountain, uh, El Paso fifty five points. Our max points is fifty nine, so that just tells you how you know how good that you know they've been here. Oh, yeah. uh, they've got an outside shot at clinching home field, but I think it's going to go to Phoenix uh, or Tampa. Uh, those are the top two. We're two up on Colorado Springs and have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado Springs on Wednesday plays El Paso. Uh, oh, wow. So that could be another favorable draw for, you know, for us, even if they drew them, they played three times in three draws. So I wouldn't mind another draw uh, from, uh, you know, switchbacks El Paso or flat out El Paso win. Yeah. And the team that just will not go away, Austin Bold, uh, have to be in the driver's seat. Once at again. This
1: point. Yeah. Once uh, again, um, Austin getting hot late and making some moves. I mean, last year they were the um, almost the Phoenix Rising Killers. So let's see if they can finish the job this time.
0: They do play good defense. Uh, so, yeah. If there is one team that so I'm saying Phoenix may not want to see, and I say may because uh, I think Phoenix their talent just dwarfs them. But you know that, that's most teams in USL. The Bull do play great defense, and they do have a, a, a top quality goalkeeper on loan from Nashville. Uh, was it Panchico or um, Panico? I think it's Panico. Panico. Uh, yeah. You know, from there here, who, who's great between great between the pipes. Uh, Colorado Springs, uh, like said here, they've got. Uh, I don't. they their win. seasons. Their seasons.
1: Their seasons taking a downturn after they sold Galena. I mean, uh, they've they've <sighs> they've lost the step. They've lost the step since they sold Galena. I think my my opinion. I think they've lost the step. But
0: has it been that, or has San Antonio took two steps forward?
1: i think it's color i think colorado spring i mean they've had some draws that they had no business drawing um i mean they drew real monarchs in utah drew, mean, yeah that was a that's that's a bad, bad result um for safc that's a bad result yeah so
0: but we drew them too so it you know, it's all fair. yeah
1: and guess what so, bad result
0: <laughs> to me that the the, the The mystery team, like RGV, like I said, I thought would come back because they have bolstered the lineups. They're they're a lot better than they were. Yep. Uh, They're just running out of matches. And then New Mexico United is is the – to me, and and I've talked to Somos Mas, you know, uh, to me they feel like 2019 SAFC where you look at the talent. Yeah. And, yeah, it's missing a couple pieces up front, but the talent should be performing a lot better than what it is. Right. And you know, Coach um uh, uh, Lassane, Le- uh, you gotta wonder if you know because he was a young coach, kind of like Darren Powell. Um, this is his third year there. You gotta wonder if if uh, his time is getting getting shorter. If they're gonna roll, you know, roll one more year like uh, SAFC did with Coach Powell, Powell for that year. Yeah. But to to me, it's kind it's kind of got that feeling of, um, and it's no disrespect to Coach Powell, just. It's, sometimes the coaches runs their cycle and, and, you know, short of, you know, hitting the reboot, um, which I, I, you know, I I believe New Mexico is going to do anyways. And and I know in November they got that stadium boat. Um, So even if they do miss the playoffs and they get that stadium pass, it'll be a successful year, in my opinion, um, off the pitch for them. And out in Pacific, uh, real, real,
1: real quick real quick to finish up that thought i will say that new mexico plays two more on the road two more at home mm-hmm. um they're they play uh monarchs they play rgv and kind of the outlier that they play is going to be um san diego loyal who's who's pretty hot now yeah and they play Aust- them this week Aust- so. and the, yeah they play four games austin plays four more or they play five more matches and that's going to be – I think they have the tougher schedule out of everybody, so it'll be interesting to see. I think New Mexico United has a very good chance of coming back um, and um, and taking that fourth spot. Uh, Austin Bold play uh, Birmingham. They play – well, Real Monarchs. Let's skip that one. They play El Paso. They play San Antonio. And to finish of the season, they play Charlotte. That's a mm. tough run for Austin Bold, so – um, RG, there's still a chance for RGV. There's still a RGV chance for RGV is the
0: one that I'm still banking on. Uh, you think, you
1: yeah, know. well, who does I have it looked at RGV schedule? Let me uh, look at RGV schedule. At yeah, there it is. This is great radio. We should have like <laughs> elevated music. They play Colorado, they play New Mexico, they play Real Monarchs and El Paso. Yeah, they could do it. They're in the position. That's a fairly easy but schedule besides to. it and they the el Paso match the El Paso match is the final match of the season so El Paso will probably uh sit some people so
0: and yeah. I think that New Mexico matches in in uh RGB right
1: yeah it is yep
0: which they already lost once there so I know RGV I knew New Mexico gets us on a Wednesday in in uh at the lab I still think that's a loss, a possible loss for San Antonio, just based on history, uh, for that here. But, uh, yeah, the the, the, we may not have technically clinched, but there's no way the top, you know, San Antonio or Colorado Springs is not making the playoffs in my opinion. Um, but you're right. The bolds, their schedule at the end of the year, just brutal. Um, but, uh, that's why they play the games. I didn't think they'd be winning now either. So, yep. So moving to the Pacific, uh, Rising um, Cruise Control, um, yep. trying to go for the
1: uh, SSDD, the, yep.
0: the, the Supporters Cup to be able to host the playoffs all the way through. Um, Loyal, they've kind of took a turn um, for the better. Uh, I think they've got second place almost locked up. The interesting is Orange County, who at this point would would you know if we finish second, who we would face. They're kind of struggling down the stretch.
1: They were um, getting boat raced by Defiance. Yes, this last match they looked bad, and that was not a good look for them. I I saw it was Defiance, and they were just having their way. And I had assumed that it was Vegas that they were playing. I didn't even <laughs> realize who they were playing. Uh, no, it was Orange County, and I what what is what is happening to that team what happened
0: they changed coaches they've had injuries it's to me to me i question and i sent this to a uh, you know in a tweet to orange county uh, uh soccer cast is does orange county even make the playoffs because if you look at it yeah it's um, close la galaxy they're only two points behind for third and, and if you look at their recent form they're in a lot lot better form the roots are starting to cool off again um, after a real slow start uh, to start the season. You know they've got their act together. Tacoma, yeah, they got the win, but they've been they they've been so bad. And you know I yep. think this past week you know buried uh, Sacramento because they only have you know 43 Orange Counties at, at in in in, in uh, could get uh,
1: 52, but at the same 52, rate, 52. I mean that's still only five points. Orange County loses a couple matches. Sacramento win a couple matches. That's still possible. But they
0: got to jump these other teams, though. That's the yeah. issue. And, yeah. and that's very true. But, you know, to me, you know, for San Antonio, if you're finishing second, you know, um, it, it's very interesting, you know. Uh, yeah.
1: It's setting up to be pretty effing crazy, isn't it? You you would hope you would hit a team that is lulling like Orange County. And not somebody coming in hot like if we Republic come LA in Galaxy and too. yeah, if Republic come in or if LA, LA, two come in just super hot. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yep.
0: So after the first round, this matters the the, the seating of, of the points here. So looking out in the East, uh, rowdies, uh, uh, Louisville City, Birmingham, Pittsburgh, Charlotte, Miami, Tulsa. Uh, Memphis so uh, obviously uh, and just me-
1: just by the way for the viewers Pittsburgh has clinch playoffs so yes just Pittsburgh has keep that clinch in mind.
0: playoffs mind yes. and then out west um, and El Paso has clinch playoffs as well here um Correct. rising uh in first El Paso second San Antonio's actually third in total points uh, followed by San Diego Loyal uh followed by Switchbacks Bold um, and then the Pacific finish up on the bottom two so uh, what would be interesting is if uh, switchbacks can get ahead of Loyal um, along those lines where you could have the top three, th- three out of four from the mountain. Um, and you know, like I said here, there's going to be upsets in the playoffs. So there always is. It's a one game match.
1: And my my call is if Austin somehow makes it. I, I think Austin has the best chance of beating Phoenix from the West. I, I really do. I, I I really feel that that if that matchup happens again, I think Austin has Phoenix's number. I really do, but we'll see.
0: So looking at the playoffs here uh, as we speak, um, this is as of week 25. I didn't update that. Uh, it would be El Paso hosting uh, Los Dos uh, switchbacks traveling to uh, the loyal uh, San Diego or San Antonio hosting orange County uh, rising, hosting the bold um, out, east you got the rowdies in memphis 901, the legion hosting my miami fc uh pittsburgh and tulsa and louisville and charlotte like it's like i say that that charlotte matchup would be juicy between them and and louisville oh uh, yeah that. that would
1: be uh <laughs> firecracker yeah that would be awesome yeah
0: but even if you know, let's say even if you switched Miami and and um, and, and, and and Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte against still, the Legion would would be still fun, still fun. Would would be a, would be a fun one. But to me, that the thing is, is I don't know if Pittsburgh holds on to that second slot, and I, yeah. could, I could see Charlotte moving all the way up, and then I think Charlotte handles Tulsa fairly easy. Yeah. Um, and then if that happens in Pittsburgh and, and Legion or Pittsburgh and Louisville city, uh, would be very interesting, uh, to do that here. So I, I do think like the East, um, that Louisville, you know, you know, depending on where Charlotte ends up, could be ver- a very juicy, uh, finish. And then out West, um, switchbacks loyal. That would be, uh, that, that would be a fun match. Uh, you know, fun match to watch as well. Um, galaxy locomotive i'm not sure if galaxy really gives gives a whole lot uh you know for the hair but they got talent they're, you know, they're we'll see i know team.
1: that's that's a wild card team right there because they could show up and just be world beaters or it's it's the typical two team just like we saw against the uh, orange county they could just run roughshod on anybody on any day but if they don't show up they don't show up just one of those things
0: so I'm that's where go. we're at in the usl land of usl uh any final thoughts on, on how that's shaping up
1: it's exciting coming to the end of the season four or five more matches per team left it's close um sfc's in a really favorable position um, if those results hold i can really see us getting to the conference final um man it's it's exciting it's exciting. We'll see. Uh, normally, this is a time of year where San Antonio FC fans are just don't have fingernails. Um, but this year kind of feels different. So we'll see.
0: It's been an odd year. Um, yeah. it, Even it, more
1: odd than last year, which is dumb to say, but it's true.
0: Oh, well, I think last year was kind of more typical where we got out to that hot start. and then. Oh, you're talking off. about
1: results-wise. I'm talking about just yeah. in general. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but for this yeah. year it's it's kind of been that slow burn where, where they yeah didn't, they didn't do poor but you could tell that they weren't the results weren't there at that what,
1: point right so what happened at the beginning of the season that's the never really day. happened is the injury bug we we're just hurt for the first four three or four months um and everything's kind of coming together late in the season uh, we had you know the what was it the 18th Eight, 16 points out of 21 possible on that insane road trip like that's crazy and that's that was huge um and getting hot at the right time it's kind of what it's feeling like instead of you know instead of depending on some late results just to squeak into the playoffs we're kind of handling our business right now and it's an exciting time for sure
0: so here is a question here for you oh no what do you do when Patino comes back?
1: Well, I mean, right now he's, we'll see who's hot. That's it. That's what oh, it comes wow. down to. I would like to see Dylan late game because of his size. If you need to chase a goal, Dylan's your guy. I mean, last minute goal against El Paso, that's the dude you want in there. Uh, from what Patino has shown. I mean, the last time we saw him was, what, early July or late <laughs> well, June? last time June? we saw him, he was
0: throwing fists. Um, but <laughs>
1: fair. But from what we saw in the beginning of the season, his hat trick against Colorado Springs and his the game after that with a goal, mm-hmm. he's very much a guy who you want starting uh, yes, to be in the there to start. wreak havoc. Yeah, he can wreak havoc like Nathan can wreak havoc. Um, and Gallegos can, as well as Epps. Can you imagine those four? Oh my, I'm excited. Um, Patina coming back is, would be huge. Um, and yeah, it would be cool to have, um, Dylan to come on as a late sub if we need him. Uh, cause he also has the talent same with Ollie. Um, this team, I mean, the Ford core is, it's exciting on this team. It's crazy. There's, there's no holes there. They're all top talents.
0: And here's a question that's more in play now. Uh, Sam Gliedel, uh came back, yeah. got some minutes. Yeah. You start him over to plane. I think he's a little bit better. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah.
1: No, it's it's Malone, Maloney and Gleadle. Those are your two. Um, there's, there's no doubt. <laughs> there shouldn't be a doubt. Um, that's it. It's Gleadle and Maloney. So what the plane does, the plane will do one of two things. He's a center back. The plane is a center back. He will do one of two things. He is a multi-talented center back where he can go forward and he can help out in the attack, or he can stay back and help defend. He does not have the legs to do both. Gleadle has the legs and the talent Mm -hmm. to to do do both. both. So you want Gleadle out, whichever side you're going to attack on, left or right. And that's kind of the beauty, is you can have Gleadle switch with Maloney and you can completely throw up defenses that way. I have not seen that tactical um, implementation yet from Marcina, but we haven't seen Maloney and Gleedle on the field together a lot. But you can have that happen in an instant. You can have them switch after, you know, at a throw-in, or, you know, there's a goal kick, boom, switch. And once they switch, completely screw up the other team, and you're now attacking on one side, Maloney's staying back on the other side, and teams aren't going to know what hit them. So that's exciting to see if that that comes to fruition.
0: So the, the final comment on USL... Um, actually has to do with Real uh, Monarchs here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from ESPN FC. Uh, 13-year-old Axel Kai, and I, I'm pretty sure I pronounced that correctly, became the youngest player ever to appear in a professional American sports league this weekend as he made his professional debut for Real Monarchs. Um, also, Leo Torres got 45 minutes uh, for Real Monarchs in that 0-0 draw against uh, um uh, colorado springs this past weekend which helped uh, us out quite a bit um so awesome to see leo getting quality minutes and i know he um i saw an interview uh with uh, the real monarch side where you know he was talking about you know the change from weather and the altitude from san antonio to salt lake city um and then just you know how you know you know getting getting in and and being welcomed by by the team here so Awesome to see uh, Leo and, and, and you know I'm sure we mentioned this before but you know wish you luck, uh, but thirteen uh, what were you doing at thirteen there Royce? Uh,
1: what was I doing at thirteen? <laughs> I was living in Katy, Texas. Uh, I was winning the district championship in tennis. In doubles and in singles. So you could have went pro,
0: buddy. <laughs>
1: yeah, probably should have because I decided to go baseball and hurt my elbow. So don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's what I was doing. I was winning my my district at tennis. So yeah, I was athlete, athlete. So
0: yeah, I was. Yeah, 13, that's crazy though. To turn pro is football at... and
1: wrestling and thirteen. That would
0: have been what seventh grade, eighth grade, somewhere around there. Yeah
1: seventh and eighth grade Um,
0: uh, i did catch a pass as a tight end um there you go was one of the slowest guys but you (laughs) played blind but i could catch and there you go the coach put me out and said hey just run as fast as you can (laughs) and everybody saw me leave and they're like yeah we ain't covering them i caught the ball good 20 yards ahead of everybody and uh yeah i didn't score
1: (laughs) (laughs) unhitch the trailer son (laughs)
0: uh but hey, and then wrestling, you know, I was I was still learning how to wrestle. Say, uh,
1: that is such an underrated sport. And there's oh, so I'm, much nuance that goes into it. It's insane.
0: And I don't understand why Northside doesn't have it. It's it, to me, it's a great outlet for young men and women. Um Northeast has got it. Um it, it creates team, it helps develop, you know, uh, you know, confidence in yourself. But, you know, you're right. It to me, I think wrestling is I think wrestling should be at, at all, all all levels of, 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 of high school sports but.
1: yeah it's it, wrestling is one of those sports it, it, I mean yes it's a contact sport but there's so there's some broken bones you know things like that happen but there's there's no real fear of concussion in that sport. Um, I mean not not like a high impact sport like soccer or a football. Um, and that's kind of the, a big issue we're having nowadays are all the concussions kids are having and it, it's insane. It doesn't put the complete wear on your body that like a baseball will with elbow surgeries mm-hmm. and shoulder surgeries and knee surgeries. So you can, it's, it's just
0: yeah, a sport. You can get hurt. Yeah, there's, there's oh, no. No you know, there's no question about that. I'm not that, saying you
1: can't get hurt. It's not chess.
0: I went from yeah. a seventh grader that lost every match to, by the time I was a senior, i qualified for the state tournament and won a couple yeah. of matches i just missed on meddling but it's that growth that you can do and you exactly. can take pride and do it to me i think the biggest market against wrestling and i don't know if it's so much now is eating disorders the eating disorders the weight yeah. loss yeah yeah along those lines and, and yeah you know that you know that's 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 the big negative about yeah. wrestling 100 um, you know unfortunately but for me It was a godsend it it was you know you know i learned hey you know i was a scrawny little kid at at seventh grade and you know i I got rolled every time but you know it was something fun and it was being able to do with friends and it was a team environment but yet it was still an individual sport where Mm -hmm. hey if i didn't get the job done i lost yeah um you know along those lines and, and then you learn to build it up through there so speaking of losses uh Eesh. U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, their last. We'll, we'll start with the the success at at the uh, um, mecca of all soccer, and that is Austin, Texas. Uh, you know, if if you listen to social media from uh, a certain city up I thirty uh, five, you know they you know they've created the game. It seems like in the environment um and i say that sarcastically they they put on a good show you know you know with with the fan support you know not just from them but from all the all the supporters that came in uh for that here but uh they came away with the 2-0 win over a week in jamaica um it was the peppy show with the brace um then a heavy rotated squad down in panama a 1-0 loss no shots on goal um burhart's first loss um in a long, long time. And, of course, the, the sky is falling because it happened on the same day that uh, the U.S. men's national team got eliminated from the last World Cup uh, qualifying on that same uh, same day here. So you're our U.S. men's national team expert here. Uh, you know, Rafa isn't oh, here. Uh, he's uh, I saw him uh, posting uh, college fair pictures uh, in West Texas, I believe. So that's why he's not here tonight here uh, to give us an update on Mexico because – they had mixed results as well <laughs> so yeah the, the tie against canada yeah I'm sure that's not going over in, in, well. in in azteca in mexico yeah so but as, as far as i know we kind of joke uh you know about the performance here but uh u.s i think comfortably uh qualifying uh, i guess you'd say here
1: they're they're above the line and there's quite a big drop um to going in, you know, below fourth place, which, I mean, the first three places automatically qualify. I think the fourth um, has to go to a playoff, but... Playoff, yes. Um, They're they're still in a comfortable position. Yes, they're tied with Panama, but Panama still has a lot of tough games to go ahead of them. Um, the U.S. obviously still has to play Mexico twice, which is an issue. Uh, we still have to play Costa Rica. Um, th- this next game, no matter what had happened in Panama... Honestly, this next game is what I was going to uh, have as a gauge on this team and what it's going to look like. This next game is going to be Costa Rica at home. Uh, last time when we did not qualify, when the U.S. did not qualify for the World Cup, we lost. Was it two-nil or four-nil to Costa Rica at home? That's really when the wheels fell off and every and the sky started falling. That was that was it. That was that was the doomsday. Was that? absolute garbage performance um
0: november 15th of 2016 that's when they lost 4-0 god god that's
1: so long ago but that was um dear lord um but yeah that was that was pretty much when i was like yeah this team they may not actually qualify and i didn't say it i thought it like god, they're bad they're really bad and i mean it came to fruition and the, difference, they the difference it
0: by losing two o to them in September stateside. So the 4-0 was right. I think the 4-0 is what yeah, cost Juergen was, his job, right?
1: Yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. The 4-0 was when Jurgen lost his job, and that was in um that was Costa away Rica. yeah, in Costa Rica. Um and then yeah, the 2 0 was at Yankee Stadium. Um, I believe it was, was it Yankee Stadium or was it uh, Red Bull Arena? It was in New York, I'm pretty sure um or was it met life one of the, it was in the the tri-state area new jersey or, or new york
0: and it the the story i remember is i think there was more costa ricans there than yes you know, there well, were yeah, yes there things.
1: were <laughs> embarrassing yeah i mean bruce Arena <laughs> was coaching at that point but anyway um th- it was good this next match was gonna be the the the, the barometer, the thermometer, whatever you want to say. This is what I was going to judge this team by is how they're resulting it. Panama, any away match in CONCACAF is difficult, especially Panama, especially El Salvador, especially Mexico. Uh, the Latin America countries they are just, they're tough. Um, you have people keeping you up all night. You can't sleep. Um, the crowd is very um, intense, let's go with it. Um, and compounded by the fact that Burhalter had seven changes. I, I put this, I do put this loss a lot on Burhalter but a, a big issue with this match was, and this is kind of this is the problem with the with the US Men this iteration of the US men's national team is they have not figured out how to break down a low block. Um the two goals against Jamaica. We're basically on the counter. And for some reason, Jamaica left themselves out super open on both of those goals. Um, and that's why they happened. They were way too forward. They stretched themselves out. Maybe they got desperate. Maybe they felt like they really needed a result and they needed to try to get a counter. It didn't work out for them. They just left themselves open, especially on that second goal. Like there was, that was just, that was bad. It was just re- a really bad match by Jamaica uh, in this game in Panama. It was a pretty typical CONCACAF low block that they're going to see. They're going to see that over and over again, and they need to learn how to break that down. If they can't break that down, they have no business qualifying. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, that's it. Uh, that's what they're going to see. They need to, they need to work through it. They need to be better. burhalter needs to not rotate seven freaking players. Like that's not good at all. Um, and they need to put more pressure, um, I, there there are a lot of questions um they'll be answered against Costa Rica like I said um, they need to figure it out the Costa Rica um, game is what we're gonna that's gonna be it if they lose and if they look bad yikes and berholter's job is definitely in in uh,
0: you uh think in
1: not this cycle but they are after you know after the World Cup happens. If they, if they lose this match and they barely squeak into the World Cup.
0: Well, because they have this one here and then they have Mexico. Yeah. So if you're going to make a change, you want to do it before the Mexico match. Yeah, that's true. Because if not, I mean, then you're running is, three straight losses. This if
1: is, is going to be the last match of uh, um, of this cycle. And then they pick it up back in November. Is it November? Okay, I was going to say it might be next year, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's November. No, and it's, we play Mexico. It is
0: November. It's uh, uh, November 12th against. Uh, it's a Friday in Me- uh, No. Uh, versus Mexico here. I think that's in Cincinnati. Okay. And then Tuesday they travel to Jamaica. Okay. Uh, so most mom said he was more worried about Jamaica than Panama. Now I have serious doubts about Costa Rica. So. Yeah, I mean. Costa Rica hasn't looked great either though. That's, that's the thing. They're,
1: they're all, they're four years older. I mean, they still have Brian Ruiz on their team uh, and a lot of their veteran players are still playing for them, but they're four years older. They're almost 40 now, if not 40.
0: Well, Um, I saw some players that got called in. They're 38, 39 years old. That's what I mean. Right, but I'm talking about that. They're bringing in, and we're, we have our, and I know what we're doing. We're, we're using this World Cup to gear up for 2026, right? And because,
1: that's, that's yeah, that's the big thing, yep, yeah.
0: because we have what the, the youngest men, U.S. men's national team roster, I think one of the youngest in CONCACAF altogether. And I know what they're trying to do, they're trying to lay that pipeline, they want to qualify for, for this World Cup. Don't get me wrong. But they're really gearing up for that 2026. That's going to be here in North America, Mexico, Canada, and the United States. In my opinion,
1: yeah, pretty much, man. Um, and is uh, is Keylor Navas playing with Costa Rica for uh, their? I was going to say he might be the X
0: factor. That goalie, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Possibly the best goalie in the world. To be honest with you.
0: Da, 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 okay, so oh, yes. Was. Killer Navas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he could definitely be an X Factor because Kaylor Navas is, uh, he's a good He's yeah, a Brian
0: Ru- So they ran out. Kaylor Navas.
1: Brian Fisher, Ruiz was 75. Yep.
0: Oscar Dorote. And sorry if I mispronounced these names. Francisco Calvo. Uh, Ronald uh, Marita. Uh, Brian Ruiz. Madarita. Kelso Borges,
1: Borges, yeah, a lot of MLS players there. Yeah,
0: Joel Campbell, Joel uh, Campbell, who was in England, Jonathan uh, Venegas, um, and Jose Ortiz was their striker.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean that's a lot of old guard players, um, but they're going to be smart. They know the, they're very familiar with the Concacaf way. We'll see, we'll see, man, we'll see. Um, that, that game is going to be huge and need a result. Need a result.
0: So, final thoughts. I'm gonna we're gonna cover one real quickly, and, and I gave my thoughts on it already. Um, but daniel uh, former co host of the and friend uh, co host of the pod now, friend of the pod, and Liz, uh, did Protagonist Weekly, um, which you can get off of Protagonist Soccer uh they went into um the nwsl and really kind of delved into a a great conversation about the culture in women's sports and not only the abuse that took place as far as you know with with you know the sexual abuse the alleged sexual abuse but also the you know just abuse in general um, whether it be verbal or you know physical or sexual or along those lines here so um, I gave Rafa the opportunity to to express uh, his thoughts on it. You know, my thoughts, um, you know, kind of very similar to the last time where um, it's shitty. I know it's shitty, but unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know how to re- relate to it. You know, just, you know, number one, I've never been, you know, in a soccer environment, you know, professionally, non-professionally, um, you know, wrestling, you know, yes. It, you know, there's, there's a lot of that contact, but you know, you know boys and girls are completely different um but kind of your thoughts i know you've you've been around sports uh you know for a lot of your life here uh, your kind of thoughts on this touchy subject
1: that's an unfortunate way to put it but it's um
0: oh sorry it's
1: it's not it's not good uh and it's really disappointing i think the the number one thing that i've taken out of this is just disappointed it's supposed to be the best league in the world, supposed to be the best players in the world. And for them to have to go through this crap. Uh and can you imagine what, you know, lower leagues are having to deal with? I mean, this isn't going to be the only time that this happens. I mean, we just had a huge congressional hearing from a lot of the former gym uh gymnasts in the in the and US swimming. Olympic. Swimming is and, also has faced faced issues so like as well. It's not like we it's 2021 we've gone through this me too we're in the midst of the me too movement it's about damn time this crap is fixed like this is it's unacceptable on every level of u.s soccer and u.s soccer from what we've heard very much knew what was going on and did very little about it and that is probably the most disappointing thing and that's the most damning thing it's it's about safety. It's about safety. It's about respect, and these are, you know, supposedly the pillars that U.S. soccer is built upon, and it wasn't there for these players for the last few years. Just and I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna say this, and, and I'm not it's, saying it's, that the people it's that it's such
1: a lack, it's such a lack of accountability. It's a, it's, 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 it's a lack of responsibility. It's a lack of just being a decent human i mean on on all parts uh not not the whistleblowers and not the victims but everybody that knew what was happening on up to u.s soccer i know a lot of people have lost their jobs um in the but league and with US soccer. Though,
0: there's been two women oh, that have lost God. their job there has not been any men that have lost their job yet it's embarrassing that that i can't explain you know embarrassing. it is and, and I'm not saying that the the women who were running in WSL the top tourney shouldn't have been fired. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But this 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 happened well before they were put in place uh, yeah. for that here. And I know issues with the Washington Spirit. There's been issues with you know with uh, Racing Louisville, well Lane. There's there's been issues. So I don't Portland. Con- you know, condone yeah. that Portland issue um i guess well i guess i gotta correct myself because portland did uh put on administrative leave uh one of the vps that that was in run of it but out and, and they had to because portland was catching a lot of grief from uh
1: yeah uh, from, from what their from what we've
0: heard from internal yes yeah uh
1: yeah and i mean people good on you portland supporters uh when crap like that happens you pull your funding because that's how you hurt them in the long run is your pocketbook because i mean in the end they're a business that's the whole reason that mls is this single entity structure is because otherwise we wouldn't survive financially and (laughs) well if you don't want to survive financially then shit i I don't got anything for you i'm not going to give you any money anymore just get out of here yeah it's um but it's disappointing um at the same rate, I think it's very important right now. For and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this in a different direction. Uh, I'll be 100% honest. I'm very uncomfortable with this situation. It should be uncomfortable for everybody to talk mm-hmm. about this. It's not right. It's 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 not right. It's disgusting. Um, it needs to get fixed. There needs to be accountability from the top down. There needs to be punishments all throughout. And there probably should be a congressional hearing on this, to be honest with you. This is this is some crap that this is what Congress needs to deal with. Uh Greg Abbott, this is what you need to deal with. You need to deal if you're gonna be a leader, go start talking to the Houston Dash and the Houston Dash players about this. Don't worry about some made up mysterious things that apparently trans that kids are gonna yeah, trans kids are gonna ruin sports or you know, some Haitians, their country's going to crap because their president got assassinated and they had a huge earthquake. Don't call them an invasion, help them out. And at the same time, if you want to be a leader, help these players out that are obviously having a difficult issue in their, in their league, go investigate, make sure it's right, make sure it's safe for them. Anyway, let me take it down a notch and let me try to go with, um, where I was going to go. This is, uh, this could be a a big thing for usl usl starting their women's leagues (laughs) um what i think the very first step that they need to do um is establish a i know they have a, a usl players union i hope that their female players will also be a part of this union and i hope they have similar um similar rights and they have uh, just similar structure in general as the male players. Um, That would go a long way. That could have gone a long way into um, preventing this, to be honest, is um, if the NWSL had a very powerful player union, like probably the strongest player union in all sports is the NBA Players uh, Association. If NWSL had anything similar to that, I don't think this, I think this gets nipped in the bud four or five years ago when it was taking place, um, or whenever it was taking place. I think it was four or five years ago because there was a coach that was going through teams. Um, I think that's going to be a very important thing. And I hope that results from this. At the same time, something that could really help, and I know has been a very embarrassing situation for the U.S. as a whole, as far as soccer is concerned, is getting the, U.S. Women's National Team, a strong players' union that actually has some rights mm-hmm. as far as getting their players what they deserve. That would also go a long way, and I hope from this that is established. Um, but USL, I hope you're watching. It, my dog's very excited about this point. Um, <laughs> USL, like, I I hope your time's
0: up. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: basically what she's saying. It's out, we're an hour and a half in, but what what I'm saying is I hope the USL is watching. I hope they're paying attention and I hope they establish a very strong women's players association and give women's rights to, you know, have a pa- have an avenue to where they can talk to somebody who's separate from the league. If they have issues like this and they can blow the whistle on, I mean, i t- bullshit like this. This is, nobody should deal with this in any employment. I mean, imagine this is happening to. Imagine this is happening to you at your job. This is basically what's happening to these women. Mm-hmm. It's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and it things need to happen. And I think Congress, they have a lot on their plate. They need to get involved in this because this is worth you don't their know time that by do.
0: their actions.
1: And another thing that's very embarrassing <laughs> that really needs uh, dealt with. But
0: so, your yeah. final thought uh, for you know, because I've got two of them here.
1: final thoughts. Let's see. Um, I'll try to keep a positive. I know we just kind of went down a, a long train of just what's going on. And it, like I said, it's embarrassing, but let's try to keep a positive. Let's end on a positive note. We're having a good time. It's a playoff push. SAFC is in a really good position right now. Mm-hmm get out there and support your team, man. Um, I noticed that there were a, a very, a very conspicuous certain group of people that, and certain things that were missing in the stadium for the last match. Um, The team doesn't deserve to be abandoned right now. They are hot. They're playing well. They need all the support they can get and they need to hear the city. City needs to come out and they need to get behind this team. Um, get out there, support the team. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league right now. They have a really good chance at winning this whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. Support them. They're going to need us for the playoff push. They are in a great position right now to have a home playoff match and I want to see I want to see Toyota Field sold out for that. That'd be the first sellout in a long time since the pandemic. I I would love to see it. We'll see.
0: So, I've got two of them one's going to be kind of contradictory to what you're just saying um but I'm going to tie it in um if you cannot go to San Antonio FC match which hopefully you can uh please go out to your six and zero UTSA football team uh yeah. it's homecoming against Rice um you know you can get tickets uh you know for them go runners uh they uh, you know they are a fun team and they are a complete team uh to to be able to watch um you know for that here they're already bowl eligible um and the sky's the limit on 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 this team here yeah um my other one and this is going to be uh it's a tweet by dan vaughn um he runs uh, protagonist soccer you can follow him at soccer barista um he put this out here just to be entirely transparent the amount of work and dedication asked of so few in american soccer owners operators coaches journalists uh uh, uh, supporters, group leaders is backbreaking. Um, so tired of the likes and retweets, which more of you would get involved. Um, and, you know, thoughts and prayers are empty kind of going along those lines of, Hey, thoughts and prayers, but that's where, that's where the, that's where it ends. And, you know, I, you know, I do this show um, to kind of give back a little bit. Um, I'm, you know, a, you know, I've got dreams of of trying to see about getting in shape a little bit and maybe trying to be a referee because there is a referee shortage that's going on. Um, you know, coaching. You know, at the youth level, as you know, uh, you know, you know, for little kids. You know, you know, local community. You know, community clubs and and leagues. Um, you know, it doesn't. It takes time. Um, it takes a commitment. Um, but if you want the sport to grow, if you want the sport to uh, be able to get the coverage to be able to take that next step to be one of the big four, big five, big six, whatever, you know, whatever big number of big sports that it is. Just liking it on on social media, we need to do more. And that's, you know, season tickets That's you know, liking, you know, subscribing to the striker, Texas um, following up with, you know, clicking on Jonathan checks tweets or Edson from down the valley, Joe Rodriguez, Mark Bay. Um, it's it's following through on on stuff that they put out for us. It's you know Dan Vaughn with Nisa and all the work that he does. You know, in a, I know it's not a SAFC league, but it's still a league that that gets doesn't get the amount of coverage. So um, please, you know, if if you can step up and help out, you know, I, I know I've said I'll help him cover. You know, because they're going to try to cover USL League Two uh this year and i said i'll try to help out you know with that even though i hate hate writing but it's something that you know i want to step up and be you know help help the game grow the best that i can so uh my plea to all of you guys and you know it's a community once you get into it you know it's you know somos mas you know patragna soccer um down in the valley you know uh, you know you, you create a bond with people that follow this game at the lower leagues and, and i know with mls there's that same bond as well i run in a little bit different circles than there but you know I, I see the same thing that that goes up there so if you love the sport find a way to give back um you know whether it's coaching your kid's ke- uh, team like royce does or you know running a podcast or you know doing something to kind of help spread the world or uh, word pardon me. but want to thank everybody for tuning in we're at an hour and a half here uh like i said here <laughs> We got to figure out
1: a way to shorten these, but, uh, yep. I know I had my kid walk in and like, Hey, uh, it's in time yet. So also real quick, uh, go watch the new bond movie. It's so good. How was it? It's so good. It's not what I was expecting. I'll be honest with you.
0: If you're Um, not a bond guy like myself. Oh,
1: it's, if you're not a bond guy, it's probably even better. Um, they broke a lot of molds. Um, there are a lot of callbacks to previous movies, which is cool but it's not cheap callbacks. Like when Sam Mendez was uh, the director, there's not, Oh yeah, I know the DB five. I mean the DB five's in it. Spoiler alert. Uh, but there's another popular bond car. There's a, there's a lot of music from a previous bond movie that.
0: Oh, there's it, a bond question here for you.
1: Is Craig done to go watch the movie? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You decide. Um, <laughs> i will say um as a matter of fact his contract is up but maybe i mean they could renew his contract everybody sees that but go watch the movie um maybe maybe not um you decide go watch the movie you decide but it is it it is so much more than i thought it was going to be um i'll go through the daniel craig era real quick casino royale possibly the best bond movie of all time um and then after that is Quantum of Solace that starts right after Casino Royale ends i of i have always seen casino royale and quantum of solace as one continuous like 5 hour movie um, and i i love watching those two back to back cuz it's it's a beginning and a conclusion they the quantum of solace ends a lot of what quantum of uh, of what uh, casino royale starts and it's awesome i love those two movies but Quantum of Solace by itself it's not that strong. It has to have Casino Royale to be good. Skyfall decent. Um there are a lot of those cheap callbacks to other Bond movies because it was the 50th anniversary. Um because it came out in 2012, Dr. No came out in, uh 1962. Um good movie though. Spectre disappointing, a lot of really weird plot points. Uh Blofeld being a brother, really really weird as a Bond fan, really weird. Uh this movie ties a lot of a lot of that stuff up. It ties basically everything in the Craig era that you ever wanted to end and get tied up, it gets tied up in this movie and it's great. Um go watch it. Uh, I'm I want to watch it two or three more times to be honest with you. It's it's incredible. Yeah, good.
0: So go see Bond, go support your local team, San Antonio FC this weekend or UTSA football, or if yep. you're watching like uh somos moss is uh go support your team uh, i think they're playing uh, this week at home um if not i know somos moss uh airs, they play uh, they play wednesday
1: at home because uh, we play them at home uh not this coming wednesday but the following, the following
0: wednesday. wednesday um i know somos moss you can catch them on at uh, tuesdays around 10 o'clock uh central time
1: and you can uh, catch us her. whenever our busy lives
0: allow <laughs> us to <laughs> Yes, schedule has not been kind. I've just started a new oh, job. Rafa's doing college fairs right now, yep. uh, so it's busy season for him. Yeah, uh, you've got young family and soccer practice. I've got soccer practice yep. as well with AJ, um, who won their first game this this week. So awesome! I was going to ask curve. you about
1: that off air, but I'm glad we get to talk about it now. So. Rex has Rex, so Rex's team is undefeated, and he has converted to goalie. And, and after
0: scoring five goals
1: that well three he scored a hat trick Oh, he wanted five that's so right. here here's the here's the crazy um crazy uh game turn of, of a toddler scored a hat trick in one game uh did not play in the second game because he constantly he ran oh, no he did sc- he scored one goal in his second game uh but he kept running over to my wife and crying to her that he wanted his mommy and then the third game, he decided he wanted to be goalie, so I put him in the box. Now these are three and four year olds, so they cannot use their hands; it's only feet. With his feet, he still saved about four goals for the other team, where they had it was like three or four on on him, and he kicked the ball away and cleared it. So, showing some promise. Uh, hopefully, we can get a a really cool uh, tutorial with um, Jasser Camerion being a, a Terminator and just uh, clearing everything. So. We'll see how That, that goes.
0: or you want you want him to be goalie and, and turn into uh, Matt Cardoni. So
1: there are two players that my kid knows. My kid just turned four. There are two players that he knows. He sees their number. He sees their face. He knows who they are. And that's Jose Gallegos and that's Matt Cardoni. Those are the two that he knows and the two <laughs> that he loves. So, and he's still trying to decide which one he wants to be. If he's anything like me, he's going to be six two and not the most fleet of foot person in the, i'm i'm fast i'm not messy crazy <laughs> stepping and everything he's probably going to be closer to matt cardoni when all is said and done so with the we'll facial see hair as well we'll see it, But uh... Uh, i have terrible facial hair he's <laughs> he's not going to get a good gene on that i mean so no that, that ain't going to happen but th- there's a future in goalkeeping for him for sure so we'll see so. if he sticks with it
0: but it's been an awesome show. Hope everybody enjoys yep. it. Uh, like I said here, any feedbacks always welcome. Uh, please like, subscribe, whatever you listen to. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And what's life without goals? See y'all. Wow.